welcome. This is Debbie Georgiatis, and this is our Let's Talk More podcast series for America Can We Talk. Well, if you listened to my show last night, you know we talked a little bit about Donald Trump and his where he is in the polls, how he's doing, and what the media is saying about what he's saying. But what I want to start with today is this. I actually had an interview this morning. I was the person being interviewed uh, on NPR in New York City. And seriously, the question in a 20-minute interview was more or less, why would women support Donald Trump? And the guy was saying, you know, the host was pointing out, well, you know, we have serious Republicans such as Susan Collins of Maine. She's a United States senator from Maine. She has um, represented the state of Maine as a Republican for decades. And um, she has announced she will not support Donald Trump in this election cycle. And she's not the only elected Republican to say that. So what this host was getting at is, what is it that caused women to say they would support Donald Trump? And so I was on actually with a another uh, guest who was a um, New Jersey state legislator But I want to start today, I really want to talk about this issue, not just kind of, um, not just about, you know, why I generally speaking want to be Republican, but the bigger picture, if I have to answer that, and I'm doing this podcast because I want to urge you, I'm going to guess that some of you listening are still thinking, well, either I almost always vote conservative, I almost always vote Republican, but this election cycle, I'm so concerned, I'm so unsure about things that, you know, I'm just... I'm kind of going to hold back or I'm going to wait to decide or I wish Donald Trump wouldn't say certain things that he says. And maybe if he doesn't say those things anymore, um, then I can get with him. But I just want to paint a picture for you. We're going to talk about this in this whole podcast of what the difference is, what the stakes are in this election. And I'm going to tell you the basic answer I gave today in this radio, in this interview with NPR, and what I want to share with my conservative audience on America Can We Talk? One... It is an issue of the, the trajectory, the line, if you had to draw a graph, where is America headed on the major, major, major issues facing our country? That's one question, and it is not at all a minor question. But then the bigger, or our second thing is, on November 9th this year, in 2016, we're either going to have President Hillary Clinton or President Donald Trump. One of those two is going to be making policy decisions, Supreme Court appointments, and even more so going to be directing the trajectory of our country for four years and perhaps eight. And one of those two candidates, I want to focus on Hillary quite a bit today, just from the perspective of making you, just urging you to ask yourself, in the quiet of your own thinking, even if you're embarrassed to tell your, I mean, there are women who say, all my women friends are Democrat. I don't want to say I don't support Hillary. She'd be the first woman president. Make yourself focus on the question, what do I know about her character that makes me think I could possibly trust her? That's the question to ask. What, actually ask yourself, what precisely do I know about her character And what does that mean she'll do as an elected official? But I'm going to start with a woman thing for a second, because one of the, there was a caller to the show today that I was on that was talking, and the subject of the show was, as I was saying, you know, the, um, why would a woman support Donald Trump? And the caller said, essentially, 
after you've heard the things that Donald Trump has said about women, women, you know, he's a misogynist. He, you know, he say he made crude comments where they were comments interpreted to be crude about Megyn Kelly. You know, he's lived a life of kind of a high flying life and, and a lot of women in and out of his life. And he's made other comments when he was on a, uh, I guess on, I mean, I don't watch television, folks, so I don't know what the show was, but some show he had where he was one of his reality shows or something where he apparently used uh, crude words towards about women. You know what, ladies and gentlemen, I can't defend that. I'm not going to defend what words he used, but step back and think about this. Donald Trump used, has used words you didn't like, but when you look at his organization, his corporate organization, he pays women on a par with men. He pays women the same as men. They, they don't have this gender gap. Number two, he has a majority in the executive positions in his Trump corporation are women. So, okay, so he's crass. I don't like it. It's not the way, you know, train, train your child to speak. But the way he treats women is what really matters. And then compare it on top of that. Think about how Hillary Clinton has treated women, not talked about them, not promised about them, how she treated them, how she treats them now. In the year she's been married to Bill Clinton, in the dozens of affairs, Bill Clinton has had extramarital affairs, in the decades long of extramarital infidelity, over and over, we're talking about dozens of women that we know about, dozens we know about, who've had extramarital affairs with Bill Clinton. Hillary Clinton has not only been an enabler, she has been an attacker. She attacks the women who dare to speak up and say, I was assaulted by your husband. I was assaulted by Bill Clinton when he was governor, when he was president. She doesn't, she not only doesn't stand up for women, she enables her husband by staying in that marriage, by giving him validity, and she stays in the role of fighting the women who are trying to expose him. So how she treats women, there's, if, if you're saying, well, I can't, I don't lock down Trump because the way he treats women. No, look how Hillary treats women. And this is a woman who had on her website, she had on her website, one of her policy positions was how she was really going to stand up for women. And on this farce, this lie that there's some kind of a you know, outbreak of uh, campus sexual abuse, that there's an epidemic. She vowed to be part of it. And she actually talked about on her website, she talked about this whole campus sexual assault issue. She said, I want to send a message to every survivor of sexual assault. Don't let anyone silence your voice. You have the right to be heard. You have the right to be believed. And we're with you. Okay, so she's promising victims of sexual assault that they have the right to be believed. So this is on her website. She goes to some campaign uh, rally, and lo and behold, she actually permitted a question. And someone said, well, if women have the right to be believed, and Juanita Broderick said she was raped by your husband in 1978, does she have the right to be believed? Okay, so you know, here's Hillary trying to pretend she's an advocate for women. She's an advocate for herself, but she pretends she's for women so she's faced with the reality that her husband has been accused of rape. And that's not, that was a case of rape. He's been accused of sexual assault by other women, of just unwanted advances when he's in a position of power and authority, all the things that feminists say they deplore. 
So she said to the questioner, well, yes, um, they have the right to be believed until the evidence comes forth that shows they shouldn't be believed. That was a paraphrase. It was more or less what she said. But the fact is, folks, there's no evidence that's ever come forth, evidence or proof of any kind that Juanita Broderick is lying. There's been no proof that she's making this up. In fact, there has been just a complete shutting down of her story, as has been the case with other women that her husband abused. So you can say Hillary isn't responsible for her husband's conduct outside their marriage. Well, I would say, yes, she is, because she enables him by staying in the marriage. But worse than that, she's part of the collusion of shutting them down, of threatening them. So when you say, well, as a woman, I'm not too sure I could support Donald Trump because he said these crass things about women. Okay, I'm not going to praise it. Do I think, do I think that you know, he sounded bad? Of course. I wish he didn't speak that way. I wish he would be more mature in his, spe- his speech at all times. But talk about actual conduct. Donald Trump is treating women with respect in his organization. Many of the key hype executives have come out and said, We love working for the Trump organization. We love working with him. He's kind. He's fair. He listens. He's helpful. He's respectful. That's how the people who know him talk about him. And Hillary Clinton has a slew of Bill's victims running behind her, trying to get her attention, saying, hey, can you believe us? Can you talk about us? So folks, if you, especially women, are thinking Trump isn't your guy, on women's issues, I urge you to think again. We come back, I'll just fill you in a whole bunch of other things you ought to be thinking about before November 8th arrives. This is Debbie Georgiatis and America Can We Talk. Can you hear us now? In recent months, some have lost faith and trust in those who protect us. Frustration has blurred our vision. But we've faced challenges before. Operation Blue Shield is a new movement to help communities have productive conversations directly with law enforcement and first responders to listen and heal. I'm all in. I'm all in. We're We're all in. Stand united with us at OperationBlueShield.com. This time, it's for all of us. My name is Ashley Cook, and I am CEO and founder of Zocom. In our industry, we're still having real estate agents drive checks, drive contracts, and it's a huge liability for all the parties. Our customers matter. Zocom is revolutionizing the real estate industry in the way that transactions are done by speeding up the sales cycles, taking out the manual deposit, and connecting the consumers to the title company. It's www.zocom.com, Z-O-C-C-A-M.com. What if you got rewarded for every good decision? What if your heart had a special way of letting you know it appreciates your healthy choices? I've got to get my family to eat more vegetables. Amazing! And instead of cooking with butter tonight, I think I'll saute our veggies with a heart-healthy oil. You're a genius! So really, would your food choices pay off in heart health? Did you know that when you replace bad fats with healthier fats, like those in canola or other vegetable oils, it can lower bad cholesterol levels? And that's good for your heart. Here's a winning idea. Take up the challenge for good health, because the you of the future will say, Fantastic! Learn more at heart.org slash face the fats. Canola Info proudly supports the American Heart Association's Face the Fats campaign. 
Hi, I'm Sarah Crilly. Joining me today, District Governor of 2016-2017, Bill Dendy. Welcome. Sarah, it's great to be here with you. Rotary is an organization with over 1.2 million members worldwide. It's an organization that was built on the idea that people can get together for good fellowship, but also do some good work for their community, for each other, and for the world at large. And overall, that's thrived here in the North Texas region. Check out Rotary5810.org. That's R-O-T-A-R-Y 5810.org. This is my car. I mean, it's nothing fancy, but it's nice. nice. Gets me to work and to the mall, though it's kind of trash with all my stuff. stuff. I swear there must be 30 CDs laying around in my workout bag. Oh, and my laptop. laptop. Like I said, a mess, right? It's perfect. But it's perfect for me. Good gas mileage, and once it's paid off, all mine. All mine. Hey, want to go for a drive? Let me get my purse. Just be a second. Just takes a second. Where you are, they are. Last year in Texas, car thieves stole roughly 100,000 cars and trucks and burglarized thousands more. They look for anything of value inside or if you left your keys or failed to lock the doors. When you leave your vehicle, hide your things, lock your car, and take your keys. Remember, you hold the key. Okay, I'm back. And my car? Where's my car? My car. This warning from the Texas Auto Burglary and Theft Prevention Authority. Hi, this is Jean Burke with College Prep Genius. Colleges go up on their rankings because of test scores. When your student has a great score, they can get free college. I am giving away my 15 secrets to free college. Go to my website, collegeprepgenius.com. Click on 15 secrets to free college and use the code radio. You're going to learn the secret formula that colleges use to get you free college. So again, that's www.collegeprepgenius.com. To RNCN, the number one source for premium talk radio. In recent months, some have lost faith and trust in those who protect us. Frustration has blurred our vision, but we've faced challenges before. Operation Blue Shield is a new movement to help communities have productive conversations directly with law enforcement and first responders to listen and heal. I'm all in. I'm all in. We're We're all in. Stand united with us at OperationBlueShield.com. This time, it's for all of us. Welcome back to America Can We Talk. This is Debbie Georgiatis. I love this idea that my PR firm had, Real News PR had, to do a Monday podcast because every night in my Sunday night show, America Can We Talk, is on Sunday evenings on 660 AM The Answer in Dallas, and it's from 6 to 8 p.m. Central Time, but it can be heard anywhere in the world by going online to americacanwetalk.org and clicking on Listen Live. But, you know, preparing for a two-hour show when you kind of live and breathe politics 24-7, you only have two hours in a week to talk about it. I mean, it's about nine-tenths of the stories I want to talk about. I have to you know, pitch because I have to give time to the stories and guests we do have. But this is all, um, this was just a fabulous idea to do a podcast, to have a day after talk about, um, you know, the issues that we didn't get to or cover something more in depth. And I'm really trying to hit in this show, in this podcast, the basic notion that people who are saying, you know, I, we have two deeply, wildly unpopular candidates, Democrat and Republican for president. Both have a very high negative numbers. I don't know what to do. And I just want to make the pitch to you that is the trajectory of our country 
requires that we change course. We can't have someone for four more years who continues the policies and even more so the ideology that has really harmed America in these last eight years. And I'm going to hit in this segment on just a few of those ideology points. You know, in this Democrat uh, primary season, as you all know, we had Bernie Sanders, who was the other Democrat, serious Democrat candidate who ran for president, ran against Hillary. And he's an open socialist. He's an avowed socialist. And one of the the, uh, items of trajectory or direction of the country that must change is our country's slow, slithering, dissolving into the miseries of socialism. And socialism, you don't have to have the word socialist next to your name. Bernie Sanders at least admits it. But the Democrat Party, what they have overall, what they've embraced in America and what they push, especially in today's time, it's socialism without calling it. And I'm going to give you numerous examples. But for those people listening, thinking, well, Socialism sounds nice. It sounds like sharing. I want to mention the most amazing interview I had on my radio show last night. Debbie D'Souza is the wife of Dinesh D'Souza. Dinesh D'Souza is a filmmaker. His current film is called Hillary's America. If you have not seen it, I couldn't urge you strongly enough. I had the occasion to sit down and interview with him, interview him a couple of weeks ago uh, for my radio show, America Can We Talk, and his wife Debbie was there. So I ended up talking to her while we were waiting for the room, whatever, waiting for something. Anyway, she, as it turns out, is a stellar speaker and thinker and advocate in her own right. She grew up in the country of Venezuela. Well, I say she grew up, she was, she was born there and lived there until she was 10 years old and their family moved away, but she still has relatives of all kinds all over Venezuela. Well, if you don't know this, Venezuela is a country rich in natural resources. I mean, rich in natural resources, fabulous farming land. They, they have, they have oil reserves. They could be, and should be by all natural logical rights. They should be a wealthy country. But in 1998, Hugo Chavez won in December of 1998. He won the election to become the president of Venezuela. He didn't say when he ran that he was a socialist. In fact, he said he wasn't. But what happened at that time, there was a, the equivalent of the Republican or conservative party that year had begun falling apart, failing to stand for principle, failing to stand strong, conceding and capitulating to the leftists in the country. Does this sound familiar? Sound like what's happening in America now? And so Chavez comes along, didn't say he's a socialist, but he's going to save them all. He's going to protect them all. He's going to take care of them. So Debbie D'Souza's grandparents and others were taken in by this Hugo Chavez guy, this personal savior guy. He's going to come in. He's going to save us very, very similar in the mental attitude that people had about Barack Obama. He's, he's a transformer. He's practically a king. He's going to lead us. He's going to change everything and fix everything. In addition to the fact that the mentality of the leftists is always give us all your power and all, give us all the power and all your money and we'll fix everything, which is the argument of leftists around the world since leftism came along. But in particular, Chavez, during the next several years of his um, presidency, argued for policies that are exactly like the left's policies in America today. 
he pushed the idea of global climate change and talked about the importance of global climate change is terrible. We have, to, we have to surrender power to the government, let the government control the energy industry. He sold the idea of climate change as though, and if you listen to my show very often, we've had numerous experts on to tell you, folks, that man-made, catastrophic global climate change is a hoax. It is an effort by the American left and leftists around the world to get people riled up and get, to get them to willingly surrender more of their money and more of their lives and more control over their life to their government. That's what global climate change really is. So this is what Chavez did. And then he went along, he went on, I mean, just the issue, she went down issue after issue in my show last night talking about the idea that Chavez sold socialism without saying it was socialism until he got around and said, okay, yeah, actually, I'm a socialist. He took over the healthcare system, little by little. He did exactly what the American left does today. We're going to talk about in the next segment, which is he divided the people from each other. He encouraged the people of Venezuela to stop trusting their fellow Venezuelans. He pitted men against women. Ethnicity, Venezuela is a very, very internationally diverse country. And, and I did learn a lot about that last night on my show from Debbie D'Souza. Very internationally diverse. He pitted people against each other, just like the Democrats do today in America. Just like women are victims of men, it's men against women, it's ethnicities pitted against other ethnicities, it's races, it's enc encouraging black Americans to think that they're victims of white Americans, it's encouraging economic resentment, hatred, division, jealousy, all those, th these tactics we're hearing Hillary do in this election cycle, which Barack Obama did in his, both of his campaigns, these are exactly the same things that socialist Hugo Chavez did in Venezuela. They're always the same arguments. There's nothing new or novel about anything Hillary is proposing. Nothing novel, nothing new. These are old, failed policy ideas. But this is a reason to look at the big picture in this election cycle. Look at where we are. Look what's happening to our country. Socialism is now, and, and redistribution of wealth as a purpose of taxation, as a reason, a justification for raising taxes to simply redistribute wealth. Everyone in America for up until, I'm telling you, about 20 years ago, would have immediately identified that as some campaigner, some candidate said, yeah, I'm running on taxing the rich to redistribute wealth to the poor. Most of America would have realized, wait, 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 wait. That's not the purpose of taxation in America. That's what socialists do. That's what people who want concentrated power in the federal government do. That's not what we do in America. We don't do that here. But we've had the decline of the quality of education in America, where school children don't learn how evil socialism is. And yes, it's an evil. We don't learn the fundamental reality that socialism produces poverty, misery, just abject suffering around the world. Every place is tried. So back to Venezuela, they went from a wealthy country with a lot of a national diversity and just a you know, humming long economy to now where we are in Venezuela, 
the current president, because Chavez passed away from cancer a couple of years ago, and a new guy. And so once you're a socialist, man, you're in. You or your anointed heir is in, in socialist thinking. And so the new guy who's in, uh, his name is, uh, is M-A-D-U-R-O Maduro. And um, I'm not saying pronouncing it correctly, but he is one. He announced just in the last month that he is going, he's contemplating forcing people to leave their jobs, to go to work on the farms to produce food because they need more food production because people are starving in Venezuela. He finally had to agree with neighboring Colombia, with the president there, to open the borders between Venezuela and Colombia because people want food. They're starving in Venezuela. Socialism has produces shortages. It produces shortages of basic things people need, like food. So Venezuelans now cross the border into, into Colombia just to get food to eat. Folks, you might be listening to this and thinking, well, that couldn't happen in America. We have plenty of food. We're wealthy. Everything we have in this country and everything Venezuela has in its country is based on political ideology. America's founded on liberty on the freedom of the individual, on limited government, on private markets, private enterprise, free enterprise. And when that is destroyed, as it has been destroyed in Venezuela, there is no other outcome but what's happening in Venezuela. You can't have socialism in America and still have prosperity. So we're going to come back after this next break and talk about another big picture. What do we do in America, given where we are? And the question I want to ask in the next segment is, what do we unite around as Americans, American ideals or identity politics? You don't want to miss this. You're listening to RNCN, the digital destination for premium talk radio. My name is Ernesto Miranda with Walker Miranda Design Studio Principal. We are a commercial and high-end residential interior design firm with architectural capabilities. We do anything from restaurants, multifamily, commercial office, and retail. A lot of design firms tend to have a signature look. We don't. We really take our clients' brands seriously. It's really important for us for our clients to have that signature look. That's what we create for them. For more information and a free consultation, visit us at walkermiranda.com. You can also reach us at 214-680-7202. Today, nearly half our nation's fighting forces are members of the Guard and Reserve. When they are called to active duty, they leave behind a family, a community, and a job. Employer support of the Guard and Reserve, a Department of Defense agency, honors and protects the bond between service members and their civilian employers. Whether serving our country or supporting those who do, we all serve. To learn more about ESGR, call 1-800-336-4590 or visit ESGR.mil. God, I love the heat in Texas, but I hate the bills that go with it. Hi, folks. My name is Ali Samana. I'm the co-founder and president of One Solar Solution. If you hate electricity bills as much as I do, well, call us. We're going to customize a solar system for you and for your home or your business. We're going to make sure it costs you nothing up front, and it saves you money from day one. There's no better time to go green, as there's a lot of incentives. So call us today, 855-601-SOLAR. Also, you can go to our website for more information, onesolarsolution.com. 
Who says green can't be clean? Here's a tip that many professional home cleaning services already know. You can power through the grime in less time with our 100% naturally safe speed cleaning products. Don't waste your time with the products that don't work. Our non-toxic cleaners are safer on pets and people, yet tough on dirt. If you want to clean your home in half the time, visit speedcleaning.com and sign up for our speed cleaning tip of the week. Me? I started smoking when I was 13. I always thought when the time came, I could quit. No problem. Then at 28, I tried to go cold turkey and I found out how hard it really was. I made it all day without a smoke. (laughs) Right until I met up with the guys. But I learned something that night. In fact, every time I tried to quit, there were more than a few. I learned a little more about what worked and what didn't work for me. And when I realized that I wasn't alone, that most people don't quit on their first or second attempt, I knew there was still hope. Today, I'm an ex-smoker. My only advice is to never, ever give up trying to quit. If you're trying to quit smoking, the American Lung Association is here to help every step of the way. Visit quitterinyou.org for tools, tips, and stories from smokers we've helped to finally quit for good. The American Lung Association. We support the Quitter in You at quitterinyou.org. Hi, this is Nate Dodson of the Dodson Legal Group. We are a team of attorneys out to ensure that all clients are put in the best position possible. We found that attorneys in the market fail at providing ongoing information and updates to their clients, and we work diligently to be the better option in keeping our clients informed as their cases move forward. For a free consult, please call us at 469-317-3330. That's 469-317-3330. Welcome back to Let's Talk More. It's our podcast series based on my radio show, America Can We Talk. It's our once-a-week podcast, Mondays at 2 o'clock. And we try to dive into something that we touched on the show and that we just need to spend a little more time on. And I was telling you at the start of this little podcast that this morning I did an interview um, with NPR. I was being interviewed with NPR in New York City about the question, why would a woman support Donald Trump? And so, I mean, and actually, even to step back and think, you know, I guess there are some polling numbers that show that his support among some women is dropping. And so this is basically the question. And I I went back to my answer that I want to develop with you, because I think that, first of all, I don't see anyone who loves liberty, who loves anything about the founding ideas of America, the idea of, you know, the individual liberty and the promise of the declaration that we are, we're entitled to pursue our happiness as we see it in life. We're entitled to pursue our dreams. We're entitled to live our lives with freedom, that we have rights from God. You can't love all that stuff and want the country to stay on the trajectory that it has been on in the last seven years, seven and a half years. I mentioned the whole last segment, I talked about the trajectory of just socialism, the growth of the popularity of socialist ideas, how those fail everywhere they're tried, but they're more and more acceptable common parlance in American political conversation. Everyone knew for decades, we don't want socialism because it makes people miserable and poor and because it gives all the power to the government and the people are helpless. Everybody knew this. But we now are at a place where we're actually having serious conversations on a national debate stage on the Democrat Party about ideas that are socialist in nature, even though they don't call them that. Well, 
so for that reason alone, we have to we have to work as patriots of lo- as lovers of liberty in America to pull our country back onto the right track. So the other trajectory items I want to mention, just evidence, because everything that's happened in this last seven and a half years in America, most of them you can point back to their outcomes of political ideology, their outcomes of what government, the leaders in government believe. That's what we're seeing in America. So what we had last seven years, a huge drop in the percentage of home ownership in America, a drop. Home ownership levels are going down. And you know, I said it last night, but it, was, uh, it bears repeating. Home ownership is such a good litmus test about people's confidence in the economy. Because you think about back the time you got out of college, or maybe you're just getting out of college now. Most people don't think they can just leave college and buy a house. They think I've got to get a job. I have to save money. I have to figure out calculate what I have to have for a down payment. I have to feel secure enough in my job that I think I'll still keep getting a paycheck so I can make those payments, those mortgage payments. So home ownership is a huge signal of confidence, not just in your own ability, but in your, in the economy, in the American, you know, the business world, is my job going to be there? So home ownership being down is one bad calculation. Another one that just is a measure of the wrong direction of this country is called labor force participation rate is simply what percentage of Americans who are physically and mentally able and who are adults are working. So a low number is a bad number. A low number means people who are capable and could be working but aren't. Labor force participation rate is down to something like, I don't have it in front of me, it's like 637 but it is back down. It hasn't been this low since 1978. Contrary to the rosy picture that the Department of Labor tries to put out that just tells you what the unemployment rate is. We've seen some low numbers recently. We say, wow, that's great. Unemployment's down. The reality is unemployment numbers don't take into account people who have given up on finding a job. It, they don't take into account people who are in a part-time job that they, and when they want to be working full-time. And so in labor force participation rates, a far more accurate assessment of how are we doing? Are there jobs? And the answer is no, there are not. And the other two, uh, other trajectory item about America, this all ties into this socialist trend. The left is pushing and America is kind of, it's like being in Venezuela. I was talking about in Venezuela not seeing where these policies are taking us. But the other really big category of numbers that where America is just failing under left-wing policies in America that are, you know, they don't call themselves socialists, but they're paralleling the kind of things that Chavez said and did as, a, as an admitted socialist in Venezuela. And those, that last category is just the overall dependency numbers. How many people don't think of themselves and don't function as capable of taking care of themselves. How many people have, is one in five, now fam- one in five uh, children on food stamps? We have, I mean, think about that. The households around America, I, it's, I don't begrudge them. I mean, I want that everyone wants people who have, have, have low income to find a way to survive and eat and care for their kids. But this government has intentionally increased dependency on government. That's what leftists do. That's what Democrats do. They only thrive when people are dependent on the government. 
The last thing the leftist wants is anybody moving off of these food stamps, welfare, uh, government dependency programs of all kinds, Medicaid. The left is always expanding those, and they can always say it's with a heart of compassion, but the political outcome always is more and more Americans dependent on government, unable to function without government feeding them, housing them, clothing them, you know, paying for their child care, paying for their every need, getting free phones, getting free internet from the government, getting everything free from the government. And this is the, the reason I say leftists thrive on this is because who do you think, if you are a recipient of any of those kinds of services, who are you going to vote for next time? The party that says, I'll give you more, don't worry, I'll give you new fish every day, you'll never have to learn to fish, so I'm going to keep on feeding you. Or is it, do you think those people would possibly consider voting for the party that's saying, we believe in you, we believe in personal responsibility, we want you to find your way, we want you to find that American dream, we want to help create economic opportunity. Those things are not the kind of promises that people who've lived a life of dependency can uh, you know, can process. They can't do it. It's easier to vote for the handout. And I got to tell you, there were two amazing things I noticed. Uh, I'm doing this show that this Monday, the weekend after the Milwaukee, um, there was a big protest in Milwaukee. There was a police officer who shot and killed an, a young, ar- he was armed, a young armed black man. And the facts are not out yet, although the early reports are that the, uh, the young man pointed his gun at the officer, and um, which case will be considered justified. And if it if he didn't turn his gun on the officer, then there's going to be an investigation and, pr- and probable prosecution. But I want to tell you what's interesting. I noticed after this, and so there were riots, and the rioters, Black Lives Matter, got involved. They burned down gas stations and a convenience store with employees inside who happily, fortunately, escaped. Big riot going on. So there was a news reporter interviewing people who were there. So young black man standing there, and they said to him, why are you rioting? Do you know the reason you're rioting? And he said, yeah, because all the white people have all the money, big houses, and they don't give any to us. That was his answer. And in a very similar report that was, you know, aired on television, during the time there were protests in Baltimore after the Freddie Gray case, there was a young man who came back from Baltimore. To, uh, he was at college. He came back to Baltimore to his home. He was interviewed again by a, a t- TV reporter saying, you know, what's going on here? Why are all these riots happening in Baltimore? And he pointed across the street or a ways away into the city and said, look at all those big houses the white people have. They don't give any to us. And I know these, what I've just told you, are two anecdotal stories. I recognize they're anecdotal. But they so symbolize the mentality the American left has tried to plant in more and more Americans. That is government's job or somebody else's job to give you everything you need. That if you don't ha- live in a nice neighborhood, it's somebody else's fault. Now, I will say, we, of course we have, I mentioned Black Lives Matter. Of course we have problems in some police departments. We apparently have a big problem with blacks being more likely to be pulled over by police officers, pulled over driving. And so we have to deal with those problems. We have to, and, and people are, people on all sides are trying to deal with them. But what I want to get at on this, back to this trajectory of our country, we have suffered in the last seven years the utter determination by the American left under Barack Obama and Hillary Clinton to create a sense of helpless, dependent anger 
in wide swaths of American culture, especially minorities, and we've had more racial violence in the last eight years than we've had in 50 years in this country. This is another reason we have to get off the Barack Obama left wing, agitate the minorities, make people resentful of each other, track and get America back to being a country that is built on the right ideas, which I'll discuss after our break. To RNCN, the number one source for premium talk radio. Hi, I'm Jean Burke, and I am the creator of College Prep Genius. Colleges go up on their rankings nationally based on test scores. The higher you score, the more money you get. We teach kids that the SAT is a logic test. Every question can be answered in 30 seconds or less. Once a student learns how to take the test, they can raise their score hundreds and hundreds of points, and of course, that's going to give them huge scholarship money. If you want to know how to answer every question in 30 seconds or less, go to www.collegeprepgenius.com. That's collegeprepgenius.com. What if you got rewarded for every good decision? What if your heart had a special way of letting you know it appreciates your healthy choices? I've got to get my family to eat more vegetables. Amazing! And instead of cooking with butter tonight, I think I'll saute our veggies with a heart-healthy oil. You're a genius! So really, would your food choices pay off in heart health? Did you know that when you replace bad fats with healthier fats, like those in canola or other vegetable oils, it can lower bad cholesterol levels, and that's good for your heart. Here's a winning idea. Take up the challenge for good health, because the you of the future will say, Fantastic! Learn more at heart.org slash face the fats. Canola Info proudly supports the American Heart Association's Face the Fats campaign. Hi, I'm Danny O'Connell. I'm partner at Benefit Resource Group, a family-owned boutique insurance agency. BRG is one of the leading boutique agencies here in Dallas-Fort Worth. Our mission is to add value to our clients' and employees' lives through creative insurance solutions. When you start going upstream to a regional or even a national-type provider, the decisions over who they're going to work with and where they're going to place their business is decided around a boardroom. A lot of times, they're not always aligning with the best service provider in the space that you actually need. Numerous times they've already made an agreement and that service provider may take for granted the service that they actually have to deliver to the client in the end and they may not always be the best in your area for your situation. Being a boutique, we are independent. We have the flexibility to go out and find the right solution specific to you. It's always a good time to sit down and speak with one of our agents. You can reach us at 214-750-7557 and you can find us on the web at brg-tx.com. In recent months, some have lost faith and trust in those who protect us. Frustration has blurred our vision, but we've faced challenges before. Operation Blue Shield is a new movement to help communities have productive conversations directly with law enforcement and first responders to listen and heal. I'm all in. I'm all in. We're We're all in. Stand united with us at OperationBlueShield.com. This time, it's for all of us. I remember the moment. I'll never forget that moment. As long as I live. As long as I live. 
storage tank ruptured, and for miles, chemicals were pushing up against the riverbanks. This was a big, big deal, and it was going to have a serious impact on communities up and down the river. I remember the moment this local guy came up to me and said, they call the guard out for this stuff? You probably thought we were all about hurricanes, tornadoes, fighting Mother Nature. Hey, it's a chemical spill. It's a disaster. It affects the water supply, threatens wildlife. We're talking about the health of entire communities and people's livelihoods. You bet we're ready for these kinds of things. We were out there with booms to prevent the spill from expanding. We were responsible for protecting and monitoring the sensitive wetlands. I also remember the moment that same guy came up to me and said, I don't know what we would have done if they hadn't called the guard up. Learn more about how you can protect your friends, families, neighbors, and the environment. Everything that makes up your community. Go to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored Texas National Guard. Aired by the Texas Association of Broadcasters and this station. And welcome back to America Can We Talk. This is our Let's Talk More podcast series. I'm Debbie Georgiatis. Love, love, love doing this podcast every Monday at 2 o'clock. You know, I'm talking about today about this whole question of people, and you hear it every day if you're a political person, like I'm going to guess you are, people saying, I, I don't know if I can pull the lever for Donald Trump. I, I just don't know. I mean, I don't. You know, I don't like Hillary, but, you know, um, he said some things that are offensive. He's, you know, he's not very articulate. I feel unsure of things. And I'm here. You have to know if you listen to my show, Don Trump was not my first choice among the 17 candidates who ran in the Republican side. He wasn't 17, but, you know, he was not near the top. But our choice this election cycle, there is so much at stake what is at stake in this election is so much bigger than personality. It's bigger than whether I like how he's, what remarks he's made about women or whether I think he's, you know, um, kind of got a wild personal life. This, is, this election is about the big picture, the direction of this country. Because under the last seven years of President Obama, which will continue under Hillary Clinton. It's a trajectory of a growing weak, growing sense of weakness in the American people. There is a massive increase on dependency in the government, whether it's under Obamacare, Medicaid, welfare, food stamps, housing assistance, you know, unemployment insurance, workers' compensation, uh, disability insurance. There are just all those categories of, of, care, government assistance, are growing, meaning more and more people are signing up for them and signing away, signing off on the American dream, signing off on the idea, the founding idea of America, that we are a country dedicated to the extreme respect for the right of the individual and the responsibility of the individual to live his or her life as she or he chooses, to pursue the career they want, to make the best they can make of themselves. This dependency that the Democrats intentionally create is the same thing that we talk about in the first and second segments about what in Venezuela, what Hugo Chavez did. Hugo Chavez ran saying he was not a socialist. I swear I'm not a socialist. But he came to office, he ran on exactly the same campaign themes that the Democrats run on today. Hugo Chavez ran on in, in Venezuela. And he brought the same kinds of ideas. Let government take care of you. Government can take charge of 
the, you know, first they took charge of banking and the healthcare system. They took charge of the energy companies and pretty soon they're taking charge of the banks. And pretty soon Venezuela went from a nearly on the verge of becoming a prosperous and maybe even first world country into the dregs of a third world poverty stricken mess. You have to see those ideas caused Venezuela's misery. Democrats' ideas are going to cause that same injury here. You can't embrace the crazy and failed policies of Hugo Chavez and the socialists in America and think somehow the outcome will be different. We have a trajectory on unemployment, on all sorts of economic numbers I mentioned. But I want to mention in this last segment something else. You know, this, this election cycle just can't be about personality. I'm not going to brag about Donald Pr- Trump's charm. I, I don't see it. I mean, maybe some of his supporters do. But you're either going to choose a continuing slide to socialism and misery and government control over society, or you're not. And speaking of government control over society, if you're still deciding whether you can stomach supporting Hillary, I want to mention this. If you had told anyone in your family 20 years ago that we were going to have more or less socialized medicine in America, we would all have said, no, you won't, because everybody knows America has the best healthcare system on earth. Everyone around the world who is able to pay comes to America if they have a serious health problem. You'd never go to a country with socialized medicine. You would never go to Canada or England because everyone knows the healthcare system is so much better in America. So we had Obamacare come along, a socialist policy. We, and, and, you know, I understand the difference between precise socialism. It's government-controlled health care. But as I mentioned on my show a few weeks ago, President Obama uh, submitted an article uh, or was on, in his name to the Journal of American Medicine, more or less capitulating that Obamacare is, hasn't worked, that it's not working. President Obama is acknowledging thousands and thousands are still uh, uninsured. Too many people cannot afford their premiums. And he's got all sorts of scolding against the insurance companies and the doctors and the hospitals. It's all their fault. The simple fact is government-controlled health care doesn't work. Obamacare isn't working. And if you are intelligent enough to read between the lines what President Obama wrote, what he's saying is we have to go to single payer, which is like Canada, which is like England which is exactly like what America never wanted to be. And on this trajectory argument about why we just can't have Obama's third term under Hillary, understand that where we're going to be headed under Hillary, this is the single-payer England-Canada system was what Hillary fought for when her husband was president. It's exactly what she has always wanted, and that's where we'll be. And we'll have the poor care, the elderly not able to get care. We'll have all the evils of socialized medicine right here in America. And we could have stopped it because that is one commitment Donald Trump has made. He will support the repeal of Obamacare. And there are dozens of brilliant ideas floating around in Washington to do a better job to help care for people who truly cannot afford insurance. No one is arguing, let people go without insurance or let people go without health care. No one's arguing that. The question is, why would we possibly vote to bring to America the misery of socialized medicine that Hillary Clinton is 100% in favor of. And by the way, if you don't realize this, she will never live under. 
all of these socialist countries, their leaders don't live under the miserable policies they inflict on everybody else. They have their highfalutin, personal care, doesn't cost them anything, and they have the best care on the planet. The care every American should have should have the capacity to get to in a private run in a private healthcare system and where we get the government out of the way. I'm going to turn these last few minutes and just talk about this election cycle. One more thing about Hillary. You know, there is, you know, to call a politician a liar is kind of like calling the sun hot. I mean, I realize everyone argues that, you know, politicians have are, are corrupt, but Hillary Clinton, I mean, it's just breathtaking to think about the kind, the level of corruption in her life over these last decades, the level of repeated, astonishing dishonesty, never rebuked. And I want to just tell you why it really matters with her. I know we, on this podcast before, talked about, you know, her, her just scandal-plagued life. But I want to hit particularly on the quality of honesty and just hit three stories I want to mention to you. Just to keep in mind, she's in a league of her own on the level and breadth and depth of astonishing, complete dishonesty. Here's one story. This is just, and I mentioned it on my show before, and I think on one of these podcasts, when Hillary was first lady, she went on a trip to Bosnia. The military flew her to Bosnia. She's doing some goodwill thing. She said in, a, in an interview later that she landed under sniper fire. And later when all the video came out, that there was no sniper fire, the military would have been, you know, they would have been negligent, if not criminally negligent, for landing the first lady under sniper fire. It was a complete lie, complete fabrication. All she ever said about it was, I misremembered. Okay, I've touched on that enough. This is a lie that just standalone, made up, and, and astonishing. But I also want to hit on Benghazi. The love of lies about Benghazi, telling America and for months that, the Benghazi attack on the compound there was due to a video. She did this. She understands the purpose in her lie. The purpose was that attack was in September of 2012, and Obama's reelection or the the election when he could have been reelected and was was a few months away. She was not about to risk that reelection because he'd been campaigning and claiming and on claiming that Islamic terrorism is on the run. He has it under control. So she lied to protect her political power. She lied to protect President Obama. And the third one has to do, and Benghazi, then she lied to the parents or the families who lost people. She just lied over and over. But the third one I wanted to mention, and she did it just this past week, even after the director of the FBI has come out in a public statement and said Hillary made statements to the FBI that were lies. She gave a press conference and said, and as Director Comey has said, I did not lie. I did not lie to the FBI. I, I gave truthful testimony. You know, there's a lot of complexity to that. She actually worded her, her expressions extremely narrowly to try to make the appearance that she wasn't misleading. This is a woman you can put back to back. Hillary claims X. Comey said, no, that's a lie. Hillary said X. Comey says no. Over and over. And this is the last I want to leave you with then. This woman who can't tell the truth on anything relevant, wants you to trust her to lead this country. Folks, we can't have it. This is Debbie Georgiatis in the Let's Talk More podcast series for America Can We Talk. Come back next week.
global destination for premium talk radio. The world of real estate moves fast and technology needs to be able to keep up with it. If agents and home buyers aren't able to communicate in real time, opportunities can swiftly be missed. With Reallocator, the communication gap has finally been bridged. Hi, I'm David Mays, co-founder of Reallocator. I've been a real estate broker for the past 10 years and came from the frustration of buyers not being able to reach agents instantaneously. So that's what we created on demand. Potential buyers now have the ability to immediately connect with a nearby agent, making the home buying process quick, easy, and convenient. Reallocator is free to download. Just grab your smartphone, open the app, see available agents in your area, and connect instantaneously. Reallocator is also the perfect tool for any real estate professional. For real estate professionals, it's a lead generating monster because, you know, you could be at the office doing paperwork and you're going to be able to generate these leads in real time. Download your free version of Reallocator on the Apple iTunes Store today or visit the website at www.reallocator.com. For America's Wounded Warriors... Coming home can sometimes be a battle in itself. Making the transition back to civilian life or active duty with a traumatic injury can be the challenge of a lifetime. The USO provides every American a way to support our wounded warriors and their families through every phase of their medical treatment and rehabilitation. It's how all of us, as a community, can give something back to our heroes. It's how we can say thank you and assure them that their sacrifice is recognized and appreciated by every one of us. Join us. Visit USO.org to learn how you can make a difference in the lives of our wounded warriors and their families. The USO. Until everyone comes home. I remember the moment. I remember the moment. I'll never forget that moment. As long as I live. As long as I live. A storage tank ruptured, and for miles, chemicals were pushing up against the riverbanks. This was a big, big deal, and it was going to have a serious impact on communities up and down the river. I remember the moment this local guy came up to me and said, they call the guard out for this stuff? You probably thought we were all about hurricanes, tornadoes, fighting Mother Nature. Hey, it's a chemical spill. It's a disaster. It affects the water supply, threatens wildlife. We're talking about the health of entire communities and people's livelihoods. You bet we're ready for these kinds of things. We were out there with booms to prevent the spill from expanding. We are responsible for protecting and monitoring the sensitive wetlands. I also remember the moment that same guy came up to me and said, I don't know what we would have done if they hadn't called the guard up. Learn more about how you can protect your friends, families, neighbors, and the environment. Everything that makes up your community. Go to NationalGuard.com. Sponsored by the Texas National Guard. Aired by the Texas Association of Broadcasters and this station. In recent months, some have lost faith and trust in those who protect us. Frustration has blurred our vision, but we've faced challenges before. Operation Blue Shield is a new movement to help communities have productive conversations directly with law enforcement and first responders to listen and heal. I'm all in. I'm all in. We're We're all in. Stand united with us at OperationBlueShield.com. This time, it's for all of us. With all the crazy weather in Texas, you never know when Mother Nature might strike. There's hail, tornadoes, floods fire, hurricanes, and so many more. When tragedy strikes, we all need someone to turn to. John Irwin works for the insured only and is a licensed and bonded public insurance adjuster right here in DFW and has a stellar reputation as the guy you can count on for all your claim adjustment needs. 
John is the man you need when the unpredictable occurs. John can handle just about any weather damage you can think of, and more. From hurricanes to water leaks, from lightning to vandalism, John Irwin can help. Don't wait. Give John a call today at 972-372-4990. That's 972-372-4990. Or visit us online at insurance911claimspecialist.com. That's insurance911claimspecialist.com. RMCN.